This is Ruth from Texas. Um, I think you can call it whatever you want, but it's absurd to deny the fact that every neo-Nazi, every white nationalist, every Klansman in the entire country has lined up and assumed the label of alt-right. When you have Richard Spencer opening a national alt-right conference with a literal Nazi salute and chanting, Hail Trump, it's time to call it what it is. It's white supremacy. Uh, not only is it absurd to deny, it's extremely dangerous to deny. This isn't some imaginary monster in the closet that's going to disappear if you just don't look at it. We can't turn a blind eye to these people and pretend that they don't exist. Pretend that they don't have any power at a time when our president-elect has put a, a proud, self-proclaimed white nationalist in the White House. This is real. This is happening now. Now is not the time for us to be nice, polite, white, moderate. You will be on the wrong side of history. We've become more, we're more afraid to call out white supremacy where it exists than we are of the actual effects of white supremacy. Today, they might put all Muslim people in a registry. Tomorrow, all the Latinx people, and then the Jewish people, and who then? And, and, and far too many complacent, apathetic Americans are sitting idly by watching all of this unfold and are still too afraid to stand up and point out the fact that literal neo-Nazis are infiltrating our government. Stand up and say something. It's a scary time because Trump's victory has emboldened a section of the population that's always been there, this alt-right group or, or the white supremacy group rebranded, right? It's just white supremacy in suits is this new alt-right thing. They've been there and they've been posting and they've had websites, but now with Trump's victory, they feel like they can come out and be more vocal and actually attempt to go for a power grab. That's dangerous because you've got a large portion of the population now that is susceptible to that type of influence. Whereas maybe in the past they might not have been because of other economic influences and lack of education. Um, they can now be influenced to become more extremists like this alt-right. Which is why you're seeing, in contrast to this alt-right movement, you're seeing uh, a lot of progressive push to say, all right, progressives need to fight back now. It's, they've been sitting down and just kind of being quiet. Now it's time to take action and stand up because the alt-left alt is just progressivism. Progressivism would be the counter to the alt-right. It's just that we can keep the name progressivism because it doesn't need rebranding the way alt-right does. The alt-left is not associated with racial violence and genocide in the past, so you can keep the name progressivism. You can't keep the name white supremacist or Nazi, so they have to change it to the alt-right. So there's, there's a big um, fight coming, I'm going to put that in quotes, a big fight coming between the alt-right and progressivism, and there's going to be a lot more movements now that these type of things are no longer in the subconscious of America, or at least trying to be suppressed. Now that it's out in the public, there's going to be a lot more um, uh, fighting and protesting in the street, and I, again, I use fighting in quotes. 
Hi, Justine from Houston here. I was just calling um, in regards to the subject of the alt-right in the white nationalist movement. Uh, being from Houston, we recently had an incident where the uh, a group of white nationalists went over into a predominantly black neighborhood and decided to arm themselves um, and call themselves White Lives Matter. Um, I think the normalization of these types of movements is really scary because the fact that people were saying that they might have not had ammunition in their in their guns or whatnot doesn't excuse the fact that their whole entire message with that was to scare people and to show them that they have a presence within the community. I think that it's more of an issue with people primarily on the right who consider themselves conservatives to kind of distance away the alt-right as some kind of fringe movement. But when you have incidences like this happening in the name of conservatism and also in the name of the right, if you don't shut it down, then they're going to become more and more of a nuisance. And being from Texas, they've slowly but surely been trying to make their presence known from the instances in Dallas, where in Irving, where they show up to Muslim, like Muslim mosques and they'll sit there armed or whatever. And they're usually met with counter protests. But the point is, is that all of these groups are come popping up under the name of the KKK and the alt right. And it's just, it's scary to think that these kinds of movements are popping up so more and they're seeing more and more of an influence like the fact that we're giving them airtime in our mainstream media and that it's giving others a voice that is really scary and concerning and I think that we need to do something to stop them because we can't just sit on our hands and expect them to just go away. They're not going away anytime soon. All of their leaders are finding themselves within the new Trump administration and pretty soon there's going to be nothing that we can do to stop them. So I think when it comes to the alt-right and to white supremacy in general, I think it's not something that should be taken lightly. Hey, um, this is Christina. Uh, you asked me to share my thoughts with you about the alt-right and um, one of the points you specifically mentioned was how they even exist in today's society. Uh, it's, it's honestly, there's a cycle there. See, I grew up in Birmingham. The white girl in Birmingham and, and I grew up all my life hearing about all these terrible, terrible things that happened during the Civil Rights Movement. And, and my parents' generation, they were around for this. They were big enough to have participated either, you know, like as an ally for the black community or as a racist piece of shit. You know, the ones out there causing the need for the Civil Rights Movement in the first place. And of course, you know, by the time my generation comes along 
everybody was an ally or didn't have nothing to do with all them racist people. See, that's not the kind of stuff you tell your kids actively. But even though uh, my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation, the majority of them tamp this down. They squish it down and act like they had nothing to do with nothing. And we know better. We know just from the sheer amount of violence and hate that that there's no way that everybody I ever knew had nothing to do with the violence and hate going on towards the black community. There's no way. But they act like none of them, oh, no, it wasn't me. I, I, I didn't get out there and help, but I wasn't one of the ones that was out there out there mistreating the black people either. That's the kind of things that my generation has heard our whole lives. But that low-key racism is always present. There's always a little something that is said. And I think that that, that breeds it. I think the fact that uh, people involved in these racist acts have been permitted through the years to kind of reform their identity and then exist, still, still distributing low-key racism, kids absorb it and, and it and it feeds on itself. Now, I'm not saying I never saw a true racist in Birmingham that was older, I saw it. But that's not the kind of, kind of stories you tell your kids at Christmas time. It's just not. And so these children grow up with this subliminal hate of black people. And, and Mexican people, and just people that are different from them. It's subliminal, but it's there. And as they get older, and they're old enough to form their own political ideologies, they look to the ones that mirror how they feel, whether it's, it's subliminal or blatant feelings. Hi, uh, I'm leaving a message for the podcast. This is Malcolm Bevel. I've uh, been a guest on the show before, and uh, I'm calling in tonight. Uh, not able to join the show, but wanted to still leave my thoughts about the alt-right or alt-reich, if you want to talk about things in German terms. Uh, just a little bit of wordplay for people to think about. Uh, I don't have much to say about the alt-right here in America now, ever since Donald uh, Trump has won the election. Uh, except for, I have an issue with the media and trying to normalize some of these representatives uh, deeming them as having uh, some sort of swag or being specifically dapper and this is just how whiteness works because notice how they're describing supremacists in terms of just mere attire but you have uh, Latino children middle schoolers being teased by white middle schoolers after Trump won, uh, Trump won the election and you have these white middle schoolers chanting, build a wall. And notice how the media is reporting it and how one group, being the supremacists, gets some sort of humanity or some sort of normalization while black and brown kids do not get the same respect. That's just something for people to think about. Uh, you can't tell me that we're equal, despite the fact that whoever won the election won, but the treatment still is continuing. And we've been seeing it. We've been told you all. So stop acting fucking surprised. That's all I got to say about it. Y'all have a great night. It's the soul brother number one of a kind. Welcome back to the show called Treacherous Tuesdays. Starring the Candy Ann Me, 
booty tech naked, well dressed immaculate, social political activist, that vicious abolitionist, Johnny Silvercloud. Before we begin, let's give our shout outs to the top three countries. Started from three to one. You have the United Kingdom, third place, Canada. And on first place, you have United, you have United States of America, that number one spot. Despite the fact that this is Trump's America, y'all still make time to listen to the vicious abolitionists. <laughs> Top five cities listening in on the Afro Sapio Foul Podcast Network. And number five, we have Philly, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They're getting it in this, uh, this time now. Number two, you have Tucson, Arizona. Shout out to all the listeners in Tucson. Number three, you have Toledo, Ohio. And happy shout out to y'all too. And uh, number two is Phoenix, Arizona. Got two cities in Arizona locked down, locking it down right now. And number one place right now is Lincolnshire, Illinois. Lincolnshire, okay. Thank you for listening out, listening out on, on us, the uh, Afro Sapio Foul Podcast Network. So, let us begin. I'm going to let y'all hear this quote from this outright guy named Richard Spencer. Talk right quick. Hail Trump! Hail our people! Hail victory! For us, it is conquer or die. The mainstream media, or perhaps we should refer to them in the original German, Lugenpresse. It's not just that they are leftist and cucks. It's not just that many are genuinely stupid. Indeed, one wonders if these people are people at all. Or instead, soulless golem, animated by some dark power to repeat whatever talking point John Oliver stated the night before. To be white is to be a striver, a crusader, an explorer, and a conqueror. We build, we produce, we go upward. And we recognize the central lie of American race relations. We don't exploit other groups. We... We don't gain anything from their presence. They need us and not the other way around. Within the very blood in our veins as children of the sun lies the potential for greatness. That is the great struggle we are called to. We are not meant to live in shame and weakness and disgrace. We were not meant to beg for moral validation from some of the most despicable creatures to ever populate the planet. We were meant to overcome, overcome all of it, because that is natural and normal for us. 
The press has clearly decided to double down and wage war against the legitimacy of Trump and the continued existence of white America. But they are really opening up the door for us. America was, until this past generation, a white country designed for ourselves and our posterity. It is our creation. It is our inheritance. And it belongs to us. All right, everybody. That was Richard Spencer, a relatively big time leader of this alt-right movement. This guy is what you would call what I would call an academic racist, meaning that he doesn't exactly work in the same. He doesn't exactly work the same way most bigots do. He's good looking, charming and likable. He's relatively young. You can clearly t- you can clearly understand that he's intelligent. He's cunning and worst of all, patient. This guy is a very dangerous man. I don't know too much about this guy. I will say one thing for certain is that he's he's right on his assessment of Donald Trump, who is our next president. Spencer is totally 100% correct in his claim that Donald Trump's racist campaign has energized those with his line of his line of thinking. Trump's presidency has given credence to white nationalists, white supremacists all across America. I want to talk a bit about this white nationalist thing. White nationalists, white supremacists, outright, it's all the same thing. No, really, it's the same damn thing. No, really. You see, around a year ago or so, I debated with this uh, white nationalist who was of the same logic of Richard Spencer. White nationalists, they like to duck and dodge the title white supremacist by way of suggesting that they don't want to rule over white people. If you were were to, as a matter of fact, if you were to see this debate that he had with um, Roland Martin, which was hilarious because he got totally sunned by Roland Martin, you'll notice that the the guy will say the same thing. You don't want to rule over non-white folks. But if you were to ask a white nationalist who's moving out of the United States, that they're seeking to, you know, or if they're seeking to make a nation elsewhere, you'll find the fellow trying to dodge the question because they want the United States and nowhere else. And ultimately, it takes the power of ruling, quote unquote, over people to displace them and plant more whites in those stolen lands. White nationalists are white supremacists by default. Don't let them fool you. Never let them fool you. Trust me on this. When it comes to this outright title, you have to wonder who they think they're fooling. For example, how come there's no such thing as an out left? (laughs) I mean, really though, how come there's no such thing as an out left? The sole reason why the term outright exists is because white supremacists in America, the likes of the KKK, the likes of the Nazis and more, seek to remove the stench of racial violence and genocide from their identity. You know how black people are infinitely trying to find and remember our ancestors? Well, white people are infinitely trying to forget their clancestors, all while benefiting from the violence, terror, and destruction that their clancestors inflicted upon blacks, inflicted upon Latin people, inflicted upon Native Americans. 
white people as a mass are more, are more than ready to pretend outright is something new, something without racial context, something without a history of savagery. Speaking of the historical context, could these Americanized Nazis be hiding in plain sight? While Richard, while Richard Spencer seems to know a little bit of German, so do I. So allow me to explain. The word alt in German, or the prefix alt in German means old. Being that English is a Germanic language, you might kind of hear the relationship between the two words alt and old. Alt, old. Same thing, it's a cognate. It's an interlanguage cognate. So there you have that. The second part is the fact that the word right sounds a whole lot like the word, the German word Reich. Reich is the German word for realm. You might have heard of this thing called the Third Reich. So if Adolf Hitler's reign on Germany was considered the Third Reich, could it be possible that the alt-right movement is really a co-suggesting an old Reich, meaning back to the third one? Really, it's just something to think about. Anyway, the sad thing about this outright mess is how they gain power. These Americanized Nazis gain power due to the fact that mainstream media has given blatant ignorance and stupidity free reign to be expressed through an official medium. People don't absorb things that are labeled news the same way they view sitcoms or professional wrestling, for example. Conservative media has to compete within itself, thus, it gets more extreme and more fanatic as time progresses to keep its viewership. Liberal or non-conservative media as a whole suffers from the sin of false neutrality, a condition where they are afraid to correct stupidity on air because they think that fair and balance means being silent in the face of bullshit. Real journalism should be concerned with being objective, not neutral. That means calling out what the facts are. It looks like the internet is uh, attempting to fight back with Google and Facebook trying to hinder fake news proliferation, but such efforts might be too little, too late. One thing I noticed with this outright madness is how many white people just know and keep these Americanized Nazi types around on their social media, around, you know, around their friend groups, so to speak. Usually, these Nazis will pivot a conversation, call you socialist or something that doesn't make sense, kick and shout, call you race baiter and the whole nine. For those who are white, who wish to be decent, I'm going to have to tell you that coddling these types ain't going to work. Coddling these Americanized Nazis is not going to work. Simply deleting the argument will not fix the problem. Simply walking away will not fix the problem. These people need to be met with your radically blatant honesty on the issues, not sat, not, not silence, not passivity, not fear. They need to be met with kinetic action. I'm telling you, as a black man in America, you need not to fear losing friends if you're, if you're the decent one and, the, and that other one is a flat out Nazi, is an Americanized Nazi. If they're evidently belligerent when you mention the truth of Americanized Nazis, and you are generally concerned about the future of America, the future of your life and mine, these people were never your friends. These people were never your friends. Trust me on that. Overall, this white supremacist movement 
this Americanized Nazi movement needs to be crushed. They do not need any excuses or niceties passed their way. They need to be demolished. Unfortunately, we as people of color cannot do this alone. It is up to you, the white persons out there, the white progressive, the white liberal, the whoever you are, the white decent conservative. It is you who hold the power to destroy this threat. Because after all, these fascists would not be able to move forward with their agenda without your silence. Wake up. Move something. Well, with that being said, I, I, I said everything I had to say about this neo-Nazi nonsense, this white nationalist, alt-right shit. So, I'm going to let y'all know right now, it's about that time. Thanks for joining us. Before you leave, if you like what you heard, click like and subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you go for your podcast. Do not let this be the last time we hear from you or you hear from us. Follow us on Facebook, AfroSapioFile. If you want to be heard, you can always leave a voice message at 202-854-1996. 202-854-1996. Last but not least, be sure to check us out at AfroSapioFile.com for everything AfroSapioFile. Nothing but that intelligent black thought, baby. This is Johnny Silvercloud, the soul brother number one of a kind, signing out. Peace. Anyway, that's how the whole rebranding of it under different names like white nationalism or, or or any of the other titles they want to use. That's how it's able to be accomplished. And and people don't even realize it until they're already down the rabbit hole. You know, if anybody's out there talking about what terrible people Jewish people are, you know, they're, it's, it's pretty bad. So, you know, we know better. If anybody blatantly says, you know, oh, I hate black people. They're the N-word. It's blatantly out there. You know, so the, the, the people that have always felt a certain way or have been taught to feel a certain way or who have discovered that all that subliminal racism that they've received has actually made them into a racist and they know what they're doing. They, they appeal to that subliminal conditioning in other people and they rebrand it under a different name. Because, you know, the majority of people are not going to rally behind somebody that says, I'm a, I'm a Nazi, I hate the Jews. We've been down that road. Everybody knows it was not a good look. Okay? It just was not a good look. So they rebrand it. And now it's, it's, it's become something else. You know, we always have to create a new villain. For, for people to hate because the old villains we've discovered are not villains that's and when I say we I'm talking about the people that are behind these different movements like the alt-right and the national the, the white nationalism and, and things like that they rebrand it because they know what's not gonna work um, it's it's just absolutely ridiculous and the problem that, that what, what most Trump supporters are not understanding is that they are an accessory to these types of groups. They are just an accessory to them. The fact that they do not turn their backs on somebody that misrepresents them like this makes them just as guilty. Um, you know, if you see somebody kill somebody or rob somebody, you just stand there, do nothing, don't say nothing. 
you can be charged with the crime. Accessory to murder, accessory to commit a, a robbery or a burglary. An accessory is a crime under law. So why are people so surprised when they are painted with the same brush that the blatant racists that have, have used Trump so as this group of white people who are willing to defend vulnerable minorities, um, what we ask is that they actually reach out to us because the thing is that we understand as white anti-fascist warriors that we're not qualified, not appropriate for us to uh, overwhelm the voices of those that we're trying to support. And so what we ask is that we be contacted in order to just help support because in that case, uh, no group is going to say, well, these people who called us and asked us to support them are doing it the wrong way. That's not even a thought. It's just that people who need help are asking us for help. And so we go and we support. And if nonviolent tactics are, are to be used, then we would just agree to that. Um, but w what we're asking for is for the people to reach out to us because we are um, standing by, as it were. So thanks a lot for all the hard work you do, Johnny. Peace.